Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. And today we're talking a pretty good one. Season four, episode three, titled Breaker of Chains, mm. written by D&D, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, directed by Alex Graves, originally aired on 420. 2014 okay so i know a lot of people were having fun going up uh, celebrating the game of thrones episode that Mm -hmm. night Uh, but uh i am colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you like i said we're talking season four episode three and we're coming off a couple biggies you know um within the last including this one, five episodes, season three, episode nine, season three finale, season four premiere, season four, episode two. We've seen the deaths of four major characters, at least. Um, We've Mm -hmm. seen massive, massive things happen. So this one naturally doesn't live up to quite that expectation Mm. as, uh, as the last few episodes have, have set for us. But, it's still fr- it's still pretty fucking good. Yeah, you know, maybe I was a little jumping the gun in and saying that this episode was a little step down, but I, I just didn't really think about what all has been happening in the previous yeah. episodes. Like the maybe, reason I, it's a step yeah, down. Maybe I do need a little bit of a breather. You know, like so mm-hmm. much has happened, and now like this is actually the chance that you get a get a sit with it and be like, oh. Okay, this is this is where we're going now, you know. Yeah, it, like it this be- feels this feels like the season finale after the penultimate episode where everything happens, and it's actually only episode three of the season. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Like it would have been really weird if Tommen just showed up and just started being king out of nowhere, you know. Like it was nice right. to get that like ushered in. Um, That's a wonderful like, scene, by the way. Uh, yeah, like I guess like every 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 part that we checked in on, nothing crazy or anything massive happened like, you know, Joffrey dying or Rob dying or you know, we didn't get a big death anything like that, but it was you know, now that I'm I'm kind of looking back on it, it this is it's just you're a, right. It's just like the episode after the penultimate, but we're only in episode 3. So I guess that's not a bad thing at all. That's no, it's a like pretty a it's a pretty special before, season yeah. that we've gotten ourselves into here with season with season four. It's a uh, it's nothing but good shit, man. And uh, this one, I, I had a good time with it. But uh, we shall begin. We got a few got a few locations this week. Uh, five, six, six of them, which is plenty. But not a lot happens at any of them particularly. It is kind of just we're checking in. 
we're moving on. We're checking in. We're moving on. We're checking in. We're moving on. The bulk of it is at King's Landing, and that is actually where this episode will get its start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We start with King Joffrey dead, and that kind of recap. They're like, yeah, that just happened. We're for real. <laughs> this this indeed happened, you know, uh, kind of showing uh, the dead body, like opening it with his dead face. And Cersei screaming and Tywin being like, shut down the borders. No one leaves the capital. I was like, okay, that's hard. Love that. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, I guess I, I, we, I was wrong in saying that it would be Jack Gleason's last um, appearance. Oh, uh, yeah. Last, I guess, spoken appearance. He, uh, he I, I saw him just like the IMD trivia that this was his favorite episode to shoot because he got paid <laughs> to basically take a nap. Um, and just lay there on a table. Um, and I don't blame him. You know, he didn't have to play a, a piece of shit the whole time and he no. just had to lay there in silence. So, you know, uh, we could, you know, I'm, he was like, oh, this was the shit. Loved this yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, so I got, actually, I got um, what I deserved. Yeah, you I'm know? actually, this is my favorite Jack Gleason performance entirely <laughs> of game. Of, no, yeah, but no, he easily he, my favorite Joffrey appearance. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Won't be getting uh, the performance nod. Uh, I think that'll, that'll stick to last episode and then that'll be his, yeah, the last yeah. for sure. But uh, just a technicality, I guess I, I was wrong in saying that it was his last appearance, but, no, uh, but I, I couldn't hold you for, <laughs> for thinking that because yeah. it, it felt like it, but regardless, uh, the, they're calling for Sansa to be found. She's fled. Uh, her father seals the capital so no one can leave. And then we see next in King's Landing, Prince Tommen Baratheon, who is, is a, is an actor returning to Game of Thrones. We saw him, uh, as a, very briefly as a kid who was murdered by a car Stark. Um, right. oh, he was a Lannister, I guess. He was a Lannister. Like a yeah. Lannister. He was still Lannister a Lannister. Killed. Um, yeah. Oh, well. Um, but no, I loved it. And it is kind of jarring, you know, like I wasn't even, it didn't even occur to me that Tommen doesn't really gain any importance in the story until the moment Joffrey dies. As soon as he yeah. does, you see him and we have the whole, whole, like this whole moment is like, just so you know, this is about to be really fucking yeah. important. This, this kid's next, you know, yeah, uh, like- like, you know what's about to happen, right? And I think, I don't know, maybe that's also the point of it, just to show that, like, that's how it actually happens, is just you go oh, yeah. down the next in the line, and that's who's a, who's the king, even if they're fucking eight years old at the time, right? Like, pretty much, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, because he's somewhat guess, old enough to... Yeah, I'd guess 10 to 12 uh, in that range. But, like, but, yeah, I wonder what, like, the... Say I mean, the actor, like, sure, is shit older than that at this time, but... Yeah. Say Tommen was like five in Thrones world right now, you know, and that it would be the next in line, but someone would probably be like King Regent or something during that. Yeah, like, it would okay, uh, almost certainly. Know. I would have to assume that, I mean, it, it wouldn't be much different than what it is right now. You know, they would crown him the king, but <laughs> Tywin would actually be the king, yeah. you know? Um, so it... If there was a five, like a five-year-old baby, they would actually crown. They might. I, I'd assume that they would hold off and like they would do it like a. You know, the, there was something in something we watched. 
I can't remember if it was House of the Dragon, but they were like, we'll, like, they will be crowned one day once mm. they come of age. But I can't remember who that was for. Um, hmm. Yeah, do, you know, know, was, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, does that does ring a bell for you? Familiar. No, it does. It does sound familiar. Yeah, yeah I'm like wondering that. if it was like a, uh, what was the Aegon? The, the little Aegon kid who ends up mm. becoming king, but I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, I think there is like an age limit. Like it'd be like, all right, well, this kid's clearly not the king, you know? Um, yeah. Let's hold off until he's a little older, um, until he's putting uh, conscious sentences together, and then we'll uh, we'll figure it out. But uh, I mean, as far as everyone goes so far, Tommen's my favorite. I mean, he's, he's the, I choose him out of anybody that we kind of got right now. You know, he's innocent, doesn't really know much. Sadly, he's just going to listen to every single word that he's told and just. Oh, at the instruction of his yeah. uh, his grandpa. But, but I mean, um, I don't know. He's very innocent, you know, right now. I think that's, that is the point of the introduction. Just being like, yeah, you're, you're the king now. You know that. Yeah, your brother, dead, whatever. What makes a yeah, good like, king? Oh, he like, that, that whole scene is really fucking good. I really um, like Charles Dance in this episode. He was. Mm. He was spitting. Um, yeah, and being like, uh, what was it? Holiness. Oh, yes. Baylor the Blessed was holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but he ended up not eating food because food was of this earth and anything of this world was evil. Uh, so, any other guesses? <laughs> Banks or something? Maybe oh, yes. The guy you think your dad is was strong. Oh, yeah, He's one. fucking yeah. dead, though. You know? Your dad's dead. Yeah, I mean, right in front of Cersei, too. Yeah. After she's like, I don't think this is the time nor yeah. the place, and just ignore, completely ignored. Um, yeah, pretty brutal. Yeah, what pretty was the, brutal. Strength, holiness. Holiness. Uh, he ends up landing on wisdom, but there was something in between there. Yeah. Um, wisdom was his fourth one. It was holiness, strength, and... Uh, oh. I cannot remember. Yeah. Baylor the Blessed was holy. Let's see him. Justice. 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 Yes, he was just. Was it just to allow the realm to fall into the hands of, you know, like that? Right. That was. Have that your was... own brother betray you and kill yeah. you. Um, or something like that, yeah. Um, and then wisdom lands on there and he's like, ah, yes, now you've gotten it. My mm. dear boy, wisdom, there you go. Yes, yes. Um, but I don't know, I like. Charles Dance, he's always, you know, he's always played the role very well, but this was like the first time where I, I didn't, I don't know, it was, it was a good, I don't know, this was like a good first lesson for the king, you know, not, mm. not anything terrible, you know, not just like, usually the Lannisters are always just terrible, but yeah, this was sort of as neutral as you could get, I guess, you know, gaslighting the fuck out of him still, you know, I guess if you still want to look at it that way, you know, he's just gaining control of him but i don't know i this was almost my favorite scene um if it weren't just for what happens right afterwards kind yeah of tainted yeah it. no but, and like that's the thing is that this would have been like i if I, I almost picked it and i would have been like it cuts off right there it cuts off right when they get to the top of the stairs that's it that's it yeah. that's over yeah that's uh, that's where it ends uh good yeah. and then another scene begins wherein uh as tywin and tom and leave jamie lannister enters to see cersei uh, and Cersei is calling for the death of Tyrion. You know, it was Tyrion. He did this. You must kill him. And 
His wife, Sansa, she's gone. You must avenge our son. Do something about this. And Jamie's like, you know what? How about you guys give the, give her a, give her some time alone. She needs to, she needs to cool down. How about y'all get the fuck out of here? Um, and me, me having remembered where this goes. Yeah. When he walks in and does that immediately, I'm like, Oh no. He was, this was, this was the mission. This was the goal. Uh, I still cannot believe I just did not, I had no recollection of this really whatsoever. Um, it's a like, bizarre, bizarre yeah. story choice. And I'll, and we'll, we'll get to that a little bit after I, I walk through the rest of the scene, but, uh, you know, he tries to comfort her through his affections and she refuses. Um, but Jamie, uh, is, is getting quite aggressive and Cersei insists that the sept during a private viewing of their son's corpse is a highly inappropriate place for sex and asks Jamie to stop saying that this isn't right. It isn't right. And Jamie refuses to stop saying, I don't care. I don't care. Then they have sex next to their dead son's corpse. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, on whenever Tywin walked in the room and was starting to give his little king lesson, and Cersei was like, "Yeah, I don't think this is the place nor the time." I was like, yeah. "You know, I'm I'm kind of on your side. You know, Pro this could probably wait a little bit." But on one hand, he is becoming the king. This, and, uh, yeah, that that waits for this, no one. This is kind of a little pressing here, and, and it's it, it, there's an emphasis to him seeing the previous dead king right in front of him. Like so, like I I understood. Yeah. Why Tywin pushes forth, you know, and I, I could see that. Um, and then, and then, you know, it gets to Jamie. And I, at first, whenever he tells everyone to leave, I was like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe this is, I, I don't know how, like, how I just forgot that this happened. No, it's something you block out. Yeah. It's, I'm not, like, it's, it's a willful forgetfulness. And mm -hmm. here's why. Um, so in the, in the books, this is not so, uh, rapey. Mm. It's, uh, you know, Jamie is aggressive and he does, he's, he's like, we haven't done this since I got back, mm -hmm. you know, like this, like, I, I, I need you. I want you. And she's like, no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Oh. And, but then, uh, George R.R. R. Martin writes something about how like, uh, she, but she wanted him as bad as he wanted her, da, 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 da. you know? So it, he makes it hmm. consensual okay. with a line like that. Um, this is uh, this is more in character for Cersei as we know her in this show, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, this truly is not the time or place. And she's also shown negative interest in Jamie since he got back. You know, this is there. This was not going to happen. You know, unless unless Jamie did something like this. And the reason that this blows beyond the obvious where it's like, all right, well, how about, how bad do we really need to fucking see this? You know, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, they then send Jamie on a redemption arc for the rest of the show, which is like, okay, guys, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, this is a villain move. You know, this, this is what should be. His first step back into villainy. You know? Yeah, and like he even gives like the line, like uh you're a hateful woman or whatever. Like Why did the gods make me love a hateful yeah, like, woman? That's a villain ass line right there. You know, that I mean, you're right. Like, yeah, there's No I was and... 
because I guess maybe that's why. Like, I, I kind of have the book, some of the book memories in my head and some of the show mm. memories in my head. And I don't know which is really which until I rewatch the show. And then I'm like, oh, okay, okay. The books are even fainter of memories because, I don't know, I just read them while I was in school while also watching the show at the same time. So, like, it's just a big conglomerate. But, yeah, like, I, I was... Like, at... I was really liking Jamie's story on this rewatch, and I'm like, oh, man, he's a, he has such a great story so far. Like, And, you know, the save King's Landing without anyone knowing, like, they're mm. building him up to be this, like, amazing, like, unsung underdog hero. And then he just comes back and, and does this. No, you know, and like, the reason the reason it rubs me the wrong way is that, like, it's, it's either D&D were careless enough to not really recall that they themselves made this happen, you know, mm. or that they truly view this as a forgivable act that he yeah. committed. Yeah, and way. that's and either way. It makes you bad at writing, you know? Uh, and this is, this is one of the more glaring examples of D and D's, you know, them taking their own liberties away from the books and like like i said it is more in character for cersei to be like like within the show to be like no this isn't going to happen but also within the show at this point in time it'd be more in character for jamie to stop you know we're we're seeing a glimpse of season one jamie yeah. here who hasn't been like that for 25 episodes you know, like, it's been so long since Jamie acted like this. Mm. And yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's just a questionable choice to make. Yeah. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I can't believe that it took me this long to remember it. Maybe that's just why. I just wanted to keep it out of my head to make his story better, you know, in, in my head. But, mm. yeah, after... After seeing this, I, it instantly was like, oh, well, that's the thing that obviously yeah, yeah. I've been waiting to see and that I, I didn't know. And yeah, it's just right very... next to their dead son's corpse, too. Yep. You know, like that's just it. It's already bad. Regardless. Hey, there's not many things that could make it worse, you know, like, no. and they managed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that That is incredible. That's that's. There's not a lot you can do to make a sexual assault scene worse than just the sexual assault and uh to do it right next to their dead incestuous son's corpse. Um there's there's just several layers to it that makes it a god awful moment for the show and uh a god awful moment for every character involved, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm past it now though. Yeah, um, you know, don't have to worry about that anymore. I'll, now, I'll, now I'll know what's coming though, so I won't. I won't hold Jamie up to this. I don't know, but it's not really his fault though. It's like just the right. Like I don't know. I feel like it's no. Like, yeah, like that's the thing is that like J I, I view that as a writing flaw. Like I don't know why the writers felt the need to do something like that. Like it doesn't make it doesn't make sense for where Jamie has gotten to in his story, and I don't know. I, if if someone has any idea why it's the case, I would love to hear it out. And but like, like maybe uh, they wanted Jamie to like stick with Cersei and like follow her down her twisted path, and like maybe they were like supposed to be evil together and stuff. 
I don't know. Like, in, but then maybe they they really really it like. It will be really interesting to see Jamie's arc as it unfolds over the course of this season and through the end of season five. Because at the end of season five is when we cut ties with the books. Mm. Um. Okay. So that that could be an interesting possibility where for the next couple seasons he is kind of playing this uh middle ground sort of vibe where you're like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, well he's back in the shit and he's not really doing anything, you know. I like if I recall correctly, he I feel like he helps Tyrion escape, but I think so, yeah, through the tunnels or something. Yeah. Like that. I'm pretty yeah, I think that's that's true. Yeah, that's why I'm like they they clearly wanted him to be redeemable. It's just it, it reflects very poorly on D&D to think he can be redeemable after this, you know? Um yeah, this I don't know. I'll, I'll be now instead of watching Jamie with a close eye because I I really enjoyed his story, I'll be watching with a close eye to to see where they where their heads were at, I guess. You no, know? yeah, and it was one of those it was just one of those examples this time around where I've never really thought of it through that lens like, oh god, this is a terrible choice to for for the characters themselves beyond just a bad moment. You know, like it's mm-hmm. So it made me realize just how poorly they handle Jamie on the whole all the way through the fucking show. Yeah. Um, but uh, regardless, we we then get a, a flashback to the wedding revealing or we did already get a flashback to the wedding with uh, Sansa escaping with Sir Dantos mm-hmm. Hollard from King's Landing to ship off the coast as Sansa is taken aboard. She is greeted by Lord Peter Baelish. And he remembers that he still owes Dantos his fees. Like, oh, what was it? What was it? Ten thousand? Oh yeah. Hey, bring the ten thousand over here. Kills him with crossbows. Um, nice, nice and clean like. And Sansa's horrified to have watched him die face to face, probably mm-hmm. looking, looking right at him as it happened. Um, and she just thinking that he was just a drunken fool that gave a family heirloom. You know, to her. <laughs> like she's actually still believing in the story at this point, yeah. and like thinking that. He was the one that got her to this boat to safety. Like he was a drunken fool. Yeah, like, uh, but, but I don't know. Th- this reveal of of Littlefinger was actually pretty cool. Like, oh, I, I maybe forgot, like, how long he wasn't in the show for. Like, he he's kind of just been missing for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, been plotting. Yeah, and I love how he's like he he's thinking he's having like a hero moment, and he's like saying like, "Oh, Sansa, I've you're everything is going to be okay." You know, and then like Sir Dante starts talking. He's like, "Hey." Come on, man! I'm right in the middle of my like my my epic hero speech. Where Sansa like, starts fall in love with me now, you know? Like, I don't know. You could tell he's just like, just his. He always he thinks of everything, you know. Even even what he's gonna say in this moment. I, I just in my head, he's been practicing it in like mm-hmm. the, in in his room. I don't know in the ship before the whole time, and and then Sir Dantos just comes in and and just I don't know, kind of interrupts the middle of it, but. Oh, this was, a. Uh, I liked, like, the kind of reveal that Littlefinger was back, you know, like, kind of forgot about him because right. there's just so much else going on in the show. Well, and like, and oh, there's, yeah, there's also this, like, the, the first viewing of this, I don't know if I remember thinking, like, oh, well, then Littlefinger did that. Mm. But it's so blatantly obvious that he did, you know, like, it's, it's, like. Oh, well, he was responsible for this in some was, capacity. Yeah, even like a, a line 
um, after they shoot Sir Dantos with the crossbow, they're like, why'd you kill him? You know, but, but then Littlefinger was talking about Joffrey or something in the meantime, and it kind of is like a double, like a line of like killing Sir Dantos, but then also like, why did you kill mm. the king? You know, as, as like kind of playing on both. Um, I don't trust drunken fools. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it is very clear, like on first watch. Yeah. I, I, I don't I, think that I thought much of it. I, th- I just thought like, oh. Like Sansa's getting out and. Yeah, I thought like Dantos was like, oh, it's just good timing. Cool. Yeah, Dantos was like, all right, now's our time. We got to go. Uh, mm hmm. Yeah, but, no, I don't know. I guess it's it's hard to to see that whole plan of little yeah the whole big picture at that point. Time, uh, but but yeah, that I don't know. This it was a, a pretty cool, just short little. I mean, it didn't really last for long. You know, very dark. No, very, no that, was, that was that was kind of very ominous. You were like with Sansa, mm-hmm. like because she didn't know what was going on. She's like she just saw the king just die. She doesn't know if she's being taken to like be killed or like something. She doesn't know if she's truly safe at all. Right, and, and like. I don't know. After seeing Serdantos get shot in the face, you know, I guess how how safe does she really feel with Littlefinger? You know, it's like I, I don't know how I don't know. Like could have I don't know sheltered her a little bit more. You know, after what she what she went through, I guess I don't, I don't know what what to change. But at least she's not in King's Landing anymore. I like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, we it, it takes a long journey uh, for her to be comfortable again. I would say, um, I, I I don't think she's honestly in a good spot until like season seven, the end of the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a very long time. Yeah, it's a while. Uh, well, but, does it uh, kill you makes you stronger? I'm trying yeah. to find the gleaming light in it, you know. For <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it does take a long. T- the poor Starks. The oh, Starks. she certainly. This is another. She's about to. You know, we talk about Arya. And the way that she just kind of moves from mentor to mentor in this sort of interesting way where she started with uh, the first sword of Bravos, the water dancer. Um, then she briefly uh, was with Jock and Hagar for a few for a few episodes. Now she's with the Hound. She'll be with Brienne of Tarth at some point. She'll be back with Jock and Hagar uh, before she's fully well-rounded. Sansa has a similar thing going on that you don't even really realize on the same level because she's not getting trained in combat you know she cersei imposed a lot of dangerous wisdom on her and peter baelish immediately imposes a lot of dangerous wisdom on her and it's interesting because she takes the advice of these evil people who she happens to be around a lot of the time and figures out how to make it how to make it good Mm. you know and it's uh it's a, it's a it's a real credit to Sansa's character hmm. to to have been around all this terrible shit and terrible people, yeah, and be a Stark, you know, still be a Stark at heart. Uh, I don't know. I did forget about that line of th- that little finger kind of tells her at the end of this, um, like he takes the necklace off and breaks it, and uh, he's like, like remember, remember what I told you before I left. We're all liars in King's Landing, or whatever. I think Sansa yeah. says it. Yeah, know, like, he remembers it, and like a, the callback to it. But yeah, I don't know. It was a. I like I like Littlefinger. I don't know. I I, I hate you know all the things he does. I like him, but I like him as a character. He's like yeah. he just spices things up a whole lot. He does. Um, he does for sure. But uh, we then head to a brothel owned by Littlefinger, operated by uh, Oliver at the moment. 
wherein we're getting some sort of uh, Ouroboros of bodies mm-hmm. um, all, all lined up, all sucking and fucking on each other. Uh, Alaria Sand, Ober and Martell, Oliver, a few other women. And when Alaria goes in for a kiss with Oliver, Oberon's like, oh, you gre- you greedy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh, man, I was having fun over here. What are you? And he's like, I'm sorry, I never acquired, acquired the taste. And Oberon, like, you just call my darling an acquired taste? <laughs> yeah, he's like, yo, what's going on? Yeah, this this scene was amazing. Like, I, like, oh, yeah, this, uh, uh, this uh, Oberon, yeah, three for another. three for me so far. Uh, I think he's going to have a pretty strong run here. I mean, there's Olena came in and I really liked her introduction and she like captured the scene every time she was in there. But, but Pedro Pascal just has a different way of doing it. Like he's, is he, he's is just, he your favorite character this episode too? Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it was oh. either between him. Like, I don't know. I don't know really who else to go, go with character wise just because uh, with this episode, then he will have officially surpassed Rob Stark and Ned Stark. For total favorite character nods. Yeah, I mean... Uh, in three episodes, making him third in the most favorite character nods. Um, in three episodes, it's pretty fucking incredible. He also gets my favorite line because it's probably... It's one of my favorite explanations of bisexuality in all of, uh, in all of media. Yeah. Uh, no, this was, this was good. Um, you know, uh, God, God created that and it delights me. God created this, and he slaps Oliver's ass, and it delights me. When it comes to war, I fight for Dorn. When it comes to love, I don't choose sides. That was my favorite line. Very easily. I was, oh my god, I fucking love Oberyn, man. And an incredible scene that, honestly, I probably would have gone with, but I wanted to spread the love a little bit. So I didn't end up picking it, but... Hmm. I was uh, This one was, was very close uh, for me as well, scene-wise, because, I mean, you get the... Just that that scene in itself, just between the like that small group, just the orgy was very very nice. But then mm-hmm. you get you know the scene with Charles Dance and yeah, Pedro, like, and then you get to see them play off each other. Oh my god! Like I was yeah. just like that. That's that's why like Oberyn was probably already the character just for that. Just, that just for that moment, it, like literally, he he spoke for like two minutes, and I was like, "Yep, that's my favorite character of the week." Uh, very easily. Um, but then Tywin enters and uh, interrupts the group act that they were putting on. And he wants to discuss Tyrion's up-and-coming trial for the murder of Joffrey. And Tywin brings up Oberyn's knowledge of poisons. He's like, you're a, you're a poison expert. Is that right? He's like, absolutely, sir. Something I've taken a great interest in in my many years. Absolutely mm-hmm. love poison. Uh and he's like, that's odd, wouldn't you say? And everyone's like, quite, yes. It mm, feels, indeed. Feels, it feels rather apt, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't have done it like that. You know, I don't kill children. I would have killed you, and I would have killed the mountain. That's that's who I have my beef with, you know? Mm. I don't care about your son. That's, I don't, it's literally one of my big things is that I don't, I don't like harming children. I like, I, so, uh, but uh, he wonders whether Oberyn had helped him, helped Tyrion. And, like, even so, Oberyn being the the poison mastermind he's like even so you still would have just been helping Tyrion. yeah yeah like and i I think oberon didn't really know where he was going you know he didn't really Mm. quite understand that at first and he was like well yeah i'm master obviously that's how i know he died but like why you know what 
I'm here unarmed. Like, why, you know, arrest me, whatever. Why, why, yeah. why aren't you going down that route? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I, I really hate my son. Want any reason to, to kill him. So, so obviously it must have been him and you must have helped him. And I, it was, I think, yeah. uh, it's like you, 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 you talked to him at this very brothel a couple of weeks back when you arrived in the city. Uh, what, what happened there? Um, and he's like, well, we talked about the murder of my sister, Elia, you know, by, uh, by your pet, the mountain. Uh, Very he's like, oh, man. and you, you blame me for this. He's like, I absolutely do. Yes. 100%. Straight to his face. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I like, this is, I, he's been waiting for this conversation. You know? Yeah. He's, he's like, he wants to have this and, and just their back and forth is so good. Like they Pedro Pascal, man, he is so fucking good. Like, uh, I, I know that I'm I'm a huge Pedro Pascal fan, and that's well noted on this podcast. We've talked about pretty much all the major television shows he's been a part of in the last uh, last couple years. Uh, but uh, I st- like even so, he was fantastic as Joel. You know, mm-hmm. this really might be a career role for him, like this- one of the best roles he ever he's ever done. Like it's I- so fucking good. He's good with a sword or a spear. He's just mm-hmm. a fighter. He can handle his own. He's a, a, one of the sexiest men in all of Westeros and Essa, just the whole world. No doubt, no uh, doubt, no doubt. He gets with everyone and lives in the best country or territory, whatever you want to, kingdom um, of the show. You know, he just has everything going for him in the show already. Like, already, like, one of the most badass characters there is. And then he's also just Pedro Pascal and performing his ass off. Mm. Like, he's with Charles Dance right there. You know, like, and they're going back and forth. There's not many, like, I I love the, the back and forth of, like, uh, who can stand up to, like, Olena, you know? And, yeah. and Tywin was Diana one Rick. that, you know, could kind of go up with them. And, like, not even performance-wise, just, like, in the show itself. Like, the, who can, who is smart enough and who has, like, the wits to, like, mm-hmm. keep up with. Like they're just everything, they're everything they got going on, and, and but this is like probably my favorite interaction so far was like both of them being like, yeah, we we both want to kill each other, like kind of, but we're both smarter mm-hmm. than that, and you know, pay, you know, Oberyn is like, if I kill you now, you're just gonna arrest me, and then I'm no, you know, it's not, I'm not, I don't actually get what I want, you yeah, know? what um, I want is the fucking mountain. And uh, I just, I'd love to talk to him. Oh, and I'm sure he'd love to talk to you. Oh, he might not love it as much as he thinks he would. Uh, just uh, uh, so good. Like just at, both thinking they have the upper hand the whole time, you yeah. know, and like they're both think, Oh, it's just, I loved this scene. This scene was. God, it makes it so hard to think about the way Oberon meets his end. If he would have just killed the fucking mountain. Had him. He had, had him. him. He had him. He had to twist the knife, man. It hurts. It hurts. But uh, Tywin does deny ordering the death of his sister. Or, uh, yeah, of his sister. And uh, Categorically. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's like, uh, so here's what I really came down here for, you know. I want you to be the third judge at Tyrion's trial. He's like, that's a fucking weird choice. Why on earth would you do that? Well, you know. The Tyrells, they were an enemy to the crown prior to all this. 
I think that we could make a we could make something good out of the tragedy that has befallen my family. And he's like, all right, well, how's being third judge going to do that? He's like, that probably won't. But you being on the small council might. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and that gets Oberyn's attention. Oberyn's like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. OK. The attache from Dorne being a part of the small council. Uh, he explains that he's eager to bring Dorne back into the fold, wanting to unite the seven kingdoms against uh, one very obvious threat. Mm-hmm. You know, the Greyjoys are in rebellion. A wildling army is advancing on the wall. And more specifically, there is a Targaryen girl in the east with a powerful army and three dragons. And the Dornish are the only ones who successfully resisted Aegon. Pretty cool to like, think about. That it, oh, well, and it makes sense why they have their princes. It's like the Prince of Dorne. It's not like the, the Lord, they don't have lords. They have princes, they have princes and princesses and all that because hmm. they didn't get taken over. So they, all the kingdoms used to be their own kingdoms. There used to be a king of Storm's End. There used to be a king in the north. And then they all got folded in, and they became wardens of the north, wardens of the east, wardens of this. Mm, um, okay. But Dorne was like, "Yeah, no, y'all don't fuck with us. We're we still got our shit. We didn't get taken over by Aegon." God, do we ever actually get a sea Dorne? Have we? Like, we do. Uh, yeah. We do go there um, because yeah, to and, visit. Okay, that's right. Yeah, it's, yeah, we uh, do. Okay, now I remember. It's coming back. Coming back. I'm pretty but. sure Jamie and Braun actually go there to attempt to take Marcella back to Westeros and they mm. get in all sorts of trouble and fuck things up and make things worse, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, Oberyn dryly notes, it must be hard for Tywin to admit he needs the Dornish for help and thus concludes that scene. But yeah, Oberyn, once again, an easy choice for character. Mm-hmm. And just kind of astonishing run that that character's on. Immediately, probably, in terms of like per capita, you know, per episode, the amount, mm-hmm. the amount of joy I get out of watching a character, he might be the best character in the entire fucking show. Um, I'm trying to think. That's there's not like, like a you, lot of other eight, episodes spread out. If you, you, you know? are in eight episodes. <laughs> And in those eight episodes straight, I have zero fucking doubt that you are the best character in that episode, dude. Three for three, and I don't, th- I don't see any any signs of stopping. You know, like, well, he I, was I in this one scene, and 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 in this one scene, it was enough for me to go, well, yep, that's a no brainer. That's a, that's a fucking duh. Uh, the dude Daenerys is the only other kind of one that gives a run. For like the character this episode, but like it's sure. kind of what she's been doing. Like she hasn't really, I don't know. It's just kind of the next step in her plan, really. But this was, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't even think it's even close there still. Yeah, unfortunately, um, he will not be in uh, next week's episode. No, the only one he misses out on. So he will be in seven total episodes, eight episodes across the across the board, but. uh Hmm. They needed. Yeah. They needed to have someone else get the get the yeah. light. They needed us. They needed us to take a break off him in season four. Uh, huh. Okay. But regardless, we then head to what is my actual favorite scene of the episode, where Tyrion, down in the black cells of King's Landing, is visited by his squire Podrick Payne. 
He was like, well, I had some wine for you, my lord, but they found that and took it off me. However, I have all this shit. He, like, pulls out everything from every nook and cranny and crevice in his body. He's got a parchment and some paper, a parchment paper and a pen, a quill, uh, some hard cheeses, if you'd like. Uh, they didn't get the candles, which was cool. Uh, and Tyrion's just like, God damn, man, I fucking love you, dog. You're so fucking too cool. Yeah. He's too good. Like, God Rod Pod, you know. Talk God Rod maybe Pod. another maybe another character. Podrick no, yeah. no, Podrick, uh, I would've I would have heard it out for sure because this is it's one of those moments that just makes you realize like, oh damn, Tyrion hasn't had a lot of people in his corner. And Podrick has been unquestioningly in his corner, you know? Yeah. Uh so much so that he was like willing to die for him here. He was like really yeah, contemplating he, it too yeah, yeah like he was he knew knew full well what it meant and everything you know maybe mm-hmm. the it hadn't quite like fully Click. realized yeah. in his head you know but like i don't know it was like running down the list of everyone Tyrion. like well how about can i see so and so no no they they've no. already taken them you know they're already yeah. a judge can the whole, I, what just the whole thing he's like right, so uh I, I i've been sent to compile a list of your mm-hmm. witnesses he's like oh i can call my own witnesses that's dope oh uh, well first sansa and pod's like that well, no that's not gonna work he's uh, gone disappeared huh? yeah well, he's, he, i think he says she's gone and then Tyrion's like, initially like wait a minute hold, like what do you mean gone yeah he's like whoa um yeah, that's Sansa. I, I forgot. Yeah, Sansa was the first, and then he calls yeah. for um, Bron. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, you can't speak to Bron. He's a known nope. sellsword and an associate of yours. He's under investigation all his own." Uh, and he's also like, "Any word of Shay?" And he's like, "No." And Tyrion's like, "Okay, well, that's probably good." Good. Um, yeah. Does he call for Oberyn or something? Like, no. I, I felt like he called. Oh no, he called for someone that was already a witness, or maybe something like that. Um, uh, Varys. That that's right. Varys, yeah, if, for he, Varys. if he dares, you know, he said he was yeah, like, he's like, I don't, I'm not holding out hope for that, but would he? And he's yeah. like, no, he's already been called for the Queen's stand. And Jane's like, all right, well, how about my brother? Will they let me speak to my brother? And Pod's like, yeah, I'll see, I'll see, I'll, I'll see if I can do that. And uh, he also warns Pod to be aware of his surroundings and watch out for they. Who's they? They, the ominous they, Pod. They're watching, you know? Like, be be careful. Um, yeah, like, it. Tyrion goes down this little, like, detective, kind of Sherlock moment. You know, he's like, my sister, you know, has ever, you know. the only one I am fully certain did not have anything to do with this murder, which is rare as far as King's Landing murders go. Uh, <laughs> like, Ah, this you're, this is a good a good scene. I'm glad it's getting the the nod yeah. for it. There's another one that feels like okay. Well, that's that's a good fucking scene, and uh, it's hard. It was hard not to go with it, but I'd already chosen this, and I decided to show that scene love in a different capacity. But I I adored this moment mostly because it was just sweet, man. You know, we don't get a lot of just nice moments, you know. And I know it's out of hopelessness. You know, it's it is in a place where it's like we don't have many options. We don't have anywhere to turn. But just know that I fucking love you, dog. You know, like you, you're my guy and you've rode for me this whole fucking time. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. That's just so cool. You know, uh, here just pod to get out of King's Landing as he would be in much danger due to the close relations with Tyrion, especially after refusing to testify. He's like, have you given them an answer? And he's like, not yet, my lord. Uh, and then he's like, uh, 
okay, well, that's, he's like, I'm lying. I absolutely did. I told them no. I told them to fuck off. I didn't, I, no, I'm not doing it. Uh, he's like, God damn it, Padraig. I, if I'm going to get fucking executed, I don't want to see your head already up there, man. That's not what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, get the fuck out of the city. Uh, and Tyrion calls back to him as he's about to leave and tells him, Padraig, there has never lived a more loyal squire. Might be my line. I have one other one that's up for debate, but that one was, it was just, you know, a bittersweet, you know. Yeah, it's like, a good one, it's man. Well, odd, you know, he's like, this is goodbye. Like, and, and you know, he, he just didn't, it didn't feel right, you know, how they left. Like, Tyrion was like, that didn't feel right. Like, if they're leaving and he's like, I have to say something, you know, something has to be said. Uh, you could, I don't know, you could kind of tell it was, it was kind of like, and I love, it was the, the closest to I love you that they'll oh, yeah. give each other, you know, and it was just seeing Pod's little, little smile, you know, and then walking out. He's just- like choking back tears during this scene. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's fucking cute, man. I, I loved it. It, it was, uh, it was, it was a pretty easy choice at this point in the episode to go with mm. it. I was like, that's, I have no doubt about it at that point. And then there's the, the end scene is pretty strong, but I, uh, I had a tough time. I was like, you know what? That'll get its love. I'll figure it out. But it will. Yeah, it will. I figured. But uh, we are then in the Riverlands, where uh, Arya Stark and the Hound are crossing the Riverlands and are spotted by a farmer and his young daughter while making their way to the Vale, where Arya can be ransomed to her rich aunt Lysa. And Arya quickly fabricates a story that the Hound and she are a father and daughter, with Clegane as a knight in the service of House Tully. And the farmer believes it. He's like, "All right, Dub, y'all want to, y'all want to stay the night and get a nice meal or whatever." And uh, they're like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, for sure, no doubt." Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> they attack the food essentially that they are given. Yeah, this poor farmer. They you go know, full fantastic, Mister Fox, like giving his little pre meal prayer. You know, praying right. to each one of the seven gods, and then the hound just, "Are you gonna?" praise all seven of the fucks or whatever you know yeah. he just throws in there and Arya's like dad you know has to be yeah. like Come on. excuse him he yeah. hasn't been the same since the war yeah like uh and is this so i remember there was one yeah this is them this is who they come back to and it's yeah like, when they come back and they're like all bones sitting in the corner on the bed with like a knife in their hand because he put his daughter out of her misery instead of letting her starve. Yeah. It's these two. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know, I, so I was wondering, I was, I was, uh, like if they did have this, cause I was, I guess I had the idea that he killed them here. Um, that the hat, like Hmm. instead of just stealing, you know, and leaving for some reason, I remembered it as like, he killed, them here and i'm like well that doesn't really make much sense like they come back and maybe just no one moved their bodies because no one you know came into this house but this like makes a lot more sense and makes it it the the moment hit a lot more when they come back and and see him well also given the fact that the hound has evolved a lot by the time he comes back Mm -hmm. you know he spends his time with that village where he becomes not religious but he befriends like a high septon of sorts and like he you know and he's grown attachments that he recognizes are more important than survival. And he's like, okay. And then he comes back and he's like, ah, man, I really fucked this situation up, huh? Uh, you know, man, he says, uh, if they just had a little bit of silver on them that they could have, uh, bought their way bought. out. You know, mm-hmm. they could have got somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Clegane, uh, 
he he doesn't do he doesn't handle the situation the best and Arya wakes the following morning to hear the father's uh the farmer's daughter screaming and the hound has assaulted the farmer and taken his silver confused and a little bit frightened Arya demands to know why he did that and he simply states he'll be dead when winter comes a dead mm. man doesn't need his silver and they don't survive the winter he didn't have that wrong um yeah, no they don't yeah it's i don't know like the aria you know obviously job and everything like i know yeah he's like i mean did every did the most for the hound and aria right here like just taking him in instantly feeding him being like hey actually i have a job for you too and don't have much but like i'll, I'll pay you what i can and then just boom, instantly. You know, and Arya's obviously like, dude, what the, what are you doing? Like, yeah, the fuck man, is your problem, man? What the hell? And like, you know, you get the hound side where he's like, I just know how the world works. And, you know, I'm, I'm just the only one who's tough enough to see it or, you know, or what. Like, you get that, that I'm point. one with right clarity now. of purpose. But yeah, I don't know. The, the hound, that's, that's a storyline that, you know, we were talking about, like, per capita, you know, of like oh, how, yeah. how Pedro just dominates when he comes in. But the Hound is one that's, you know, kind of spread out, but a very, very good, good storyline. Uh, consistent. To, hold on. Yeah. Same with like Davos. There's a few of them where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, you yeah. come back to him and you're like, I like that yeah. guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, we then head very briefly to Dragonstone, wherein mm-hmm. Stannis learns of and informs Davos of Joffrey Baratheon's death. He's like, yeah, you remember? Said some words and threw a leech over a fire. Now he's I fucking dead that. with bastard's bloods. The bastard's blood. A bastard you let go. The fuck, man? So is he, like, I was a little confused at this point. He was like, <clears throat> like, he was kind of bragging that he's like, yeah, I did that. You know, like, I threw the leech in, in the fire. <clears throat> I'm I'm the one who, who did that. But now that the bastard's not dead, there's nothing we can do with that, you know? So, like, is, or, like, why was he, because I thought the whole idea was that, like, to make this blood sacrifice actually happen, they needed to kill Gendry, you know, to to make these people die, or whatever. I give them... uh, What they did, I think they felt was enough to kill the kings, but right now, he doesn't have any means to march on King's Landing anyway. Like, he d- he doesn't have the army he needs. He doesn't have anything. So he's like, if we had that bastard, maybe I could make some other sacrifice that would bring me wealth and goods. Because uh, they're out of money. They don't have the army. They don't have shit. So if they could make I another sacrifice. Okay. I was wondering if he was, like, blaming why he's in the position he's in. Why he doesn't have an army. Why he doesn't have all of this. Because they didn't kill Gendry. Like maybe they do this blood sacrifice, they kill Gendry because they are they need such a you know Yeah, it's part it's definitely partially that. He's definitely blaming mm-hmm. it on that in, in part because you know, he lays into Davos, he's like, How you doing coming up with that army, huh? And he's like, mm-hmm. Well, I've I've I summoned <laughs> this house. He's like, Oh yeah, that house. And I I summoned these guys. Oh yeah, these guys. And then also these guys Oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh they couldn't raid a pantry between the three of them. Um and Davos is like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm trying my best, man. I'm sorry that I didn't want you to kill an innocent boy. Hard to feel bad about this situation right now. I'm mm-hmm. pretty confident in my choices, Stannis. Uh, they always know how to shoot that room, too. Like, the weather oh, in the background is always mm-hmm. something. On point. I don't know. Yeah, it's like just pouring down rain and, and you know, just stand it. Like, Stannis, I don't know. 
He's another kind of one of those characters that he's surprising me every time he comes up on screen. I'm like, man, I I really didn't give Stannis any. Yeah, he's consistent, man. Whatever at yeah. all, but I mean, like, it's just kind of more sad. His he's in the life. show for like five seasons and some change. Like he's around wow. for a long time. Yeah, I guess. He's the closest to the actual... I mean, he does have a pretty good claim right now. He actually has the only legitimate claim after Robert's death. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Yeah, this is true. So, I mean... Because all the kids who become king are not Robert's kids. Nope. So, uh, he does have the most legitimate claim if you think Robert was the rightful king, but because Mm -hmm. Robert usurped the throne... Then it would probably be Viagon or Daenerys or whatever the fuck. So, like, right now it's actually the rightful king and queen. If the Targaryen dynasty were to have continued, there's a really good chance that Jon and Daenerys would have been uh, married out of, like, the continuance of the bloodline. Dang. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. If Robert didn't come in and wipe out... Targaryen dynasty, however, I mean, I just really want to see how that happened. You know, like that, uh, that, that'd be a really cool sequence to, to watch unfold. It would uh, be. But, but uh, yeah, well, this, this, uh, little, like Davos, I don't know, you're, you're right. That, every, everything with Davos is nice. He uh, is. He's, he's a great character, man. And then he, you know, Davos heads down for his reading lessons with mm-hmm. Shireen. And Shireen's like, where the fuck have you been? You yeah. aren't reading enough. You need to read more. Uh, and he's like, I'm trying, man. I got a lot on my plate, dog. And she's like, fucking read. Uh, yeah. well, another one of my maybe lines that I was debating on is, you won't be a very good hand if you see the word knight and say, knight. Yeah. That happened yeah. two weeks ago. It was, it was, <laughs> I'm so far past that. You know, like, I love the oh, way he, like, honestly defends himself yeah, in that moment. Like, he's like, come on. Man, you it's are a low blow. Father's daughter. You both are just a piece of work. You know that? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I, I love, just their Shireen and Davos, man. That's that's a the top a tier. light, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's not many good good relationships in the show, but man, this one's very good. And she even harps on him, like you know, no one's gonna no one's gonna take you seriously if you read with your mouth moving like that, too, dude. You know, it's children like, do it. And he's like, all right. She's like, Shit. you can like see his jaw working as he's he's like. Oh, it's so. Yeah, I, I love know. it. I love yeah. it. Uh, but he he reads he reads successfully and in in doing so and explaining that uh, he was not a pirate. He was a smuggler. You know, uh, there's mm. there's a, there's a big difference. And you know, I was actually in Bravos once, and I I got into a scrap with the first sword of Bravos, and he didn't he didn't like me explaining the difference between pirating and smuggling any more mm. than your father did. You know, but I suppose if you work for the Iron Bank of Bravos and you have the, and he has like this dawning of realization, he's like, "Oh uh-huh. shit, I need you to write something." He's, she's like, "You really should write it. It's good practice." He's like, "It is way too important for me to write it. You need to write it." Uh, Can you imagine the Iron Bank gets a gets a letter? Is, is it the Iron Bank or is it the Gold Cloaks that he that he's writing? Iron Bank, yeah, yeah, the Iron Bank. And can you imagine they they get a letter and there's like some spelling mistakes and like just. <laughs> handwriting just kind of all over the place and it's like he's got a k that's like backwards at some point and like stannis like this (laughs) i I guess you know yeah but um yeah i forgot i i remember the iron bank got involved somehow and i remember 
I don't know, like the gold cloaks coming over and just getting wiped out is kind of the kind of what I remember. Um, but I forgot, like that. That seemed like that was very later on, like in the like it King's is. Um, yeah, but um, forgot. I can't remember if we visit the Iron Bank of Bravos before the end of this season. I know that we will in season five. Yeah, because kinda like, like skinny head dude, kind of like or yeah. like weird looking, kind of like. Are they human? I think I don't know. Maybe maybe I just remember that one guy looked a little weird. Maybe I'm confusing it with like a Harry Potter scene or something. You, like I think you're convincing it with the banking clan in Star Wars. Um, they have very skinny heads and are maybe not. Human. Yeah, I, I, um, I didn't feel right, but I remember like someone walking into like the Iron Bank or something and just like m- massive like and there's like five or so people like up on top of like in some booths or something like that i don't know and they're like trying to make a deal is that game of thrones or is that also something else no the iron bank if i remember correctly the iron Bank is pretty it's it's kind of just like any other uh setup we've seen um where they have like a high table and there's like three of them Mm -hmm. no i'm thinking of something else then i don't know what but man, that, yeah, what you're speaking to reminds me of like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull a little bit, Indiana Jones 4. Um, big Star Wars vibes though. A lot of Star Wars coming off you right now, as far mm. as I can, as far as I can okay. recall. Okay. Yeah, not, I, I'm seeing the, the Iron Bank now. Yeah, not, not what I was thinking whatsoever. Um, are the, the gold cloaks, is that like the army that the Iron Bank uses to like, <laughs> to go out but like they're still not like are they actually like one in the same or are they just the iron yeah, the, gold, the golden company i don't think gold that company. they are one in the same they're just kind of always at the beck and call of the iron bank of bravos uh okay okay um, but nevertheless we will get to the iron bank before the end of the season hmm. um because stannis and davos travel there so we'll get to Bravos before the end of the okay. before the okay. end of the season. Nice. Um, that's actually that's actually fun. I yeah, like something Bravos. to look forward to there. Yeah. Um, but uh, we then head to the north, mm. wherein a village south of the wall is attacked by raiding wildlings, and a young boy watches the attack begin as Egret launches an arrow into the heart of his father, and thus she is signed her death certificate. And John's unknowingly, as this kid kills both of them at some point. Yep, that was uh, a like on first uh, first watch. You probably were like, oh, it's just some, you know, you don't know who who this kid is. Fucking Ollie, man, whatsoever. And then it's it's at the grace of of a cannibal wildling that lets him, you know, like that lets him get away. That eventually is who you know the way to Castle Black. John Snow. Yeah, it's like who puts the final dagger in his heart and it's like man what a what a like a line this kid goes on you know yeah. like, just seeing him hung as a traitor yep can't discriminate i guess there you know i mean it everyone saw it you know i mean everyone was there to see that and yep. they, uh, yeah poor kid i mean but he, this does also explain why he had such deep beef with john you know uh John makes friends with the wildlings, brings them south of the wall, and uh, this guy watched them murder his family brutally. 
Uh, that was sad how they played it out too. Like his dad was like, just they were having like a walking back to their hut or whatever, and he's like, yeah, no, your your mom, like the way she wrangles the or something, you know, telling just like a a memory or something they had, and then just just yeah, just dead. And he's like, uh, uh I'm oh. going to eat your mama, yeah. and I am like, going to eat your papa. I I get it. You know, I get why this kid hates the fuck out of wildlings because the only no, yeah. wildlings he has seen are the cannibal ones, and they ate their parents. So, like, yeah. you know yeah, it's what? Rough. Ollie, it's rough. I guess. You know, I still hate you for stabbing John. I don't think you Oh, no. Him. Ollie's a piece of shit. You know, I get it. I get it. But he's he's one of those characters where you're just like, God damn it, this fucking kid, eventually. You know? Yeah, this Whenever, kid, yeah. Like, it's hard. Like, and it's kind of heartbreaking, you know? Whenever he kills Egret, you're kind of like, oh, no, oh, Jesus, ah, shit, you know, like, because it's a war, you know, it's it's the Wildlings versus the the Night's Watchmen. So it's like, OK, well, he just shot a Wildling. He like John even turns around and all he's like, like, he thinks he'll be proud of him for that. He's like, yeah, you see, like, I can do this. I can fight. Um, No, 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 no. Yeah, I, w- I don't know. Part of me. But then, for him to kill the woman that John loves, and then John still take him under his wing and teach him everything he can. Ah, uh, buddy, I fucking hate this kid. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, part of yeah, you know, I don't wish it on anybody ever. And I, uh, this, no. maybe, maybe he should have been eating or eaten with his yeah. parents. You know, maybe that would have been better. Um. Uh, maybe they just know, let him go because he didn't. He wouldn't have, have got the epic stories that we end up getting. So uh, I'll take it. I'll take. We don't it. get John coming back to life. Yeah, yeah, we don't get John leaving the wall because his watch has technically ended. Um, Big brain, you know. Maybe yeah. all you know. Doing, what? He was doing that meme, you know, like uh, hey, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Ollie, we hate you still fully, but uh, yeah, I guess back. you set you set the events in motion that. Yeah, like yeah. we get it. We get it. I guess. Um, but, uh, we'll then head to Castle Black where Samwell fears for the safety of Gilly and moves her to, uh, Molestown where the Night's Watch brothers indulge their bodily vices. And, uh, Sam is resolute in keeping Gilly safe. You know, that part where she's like, what, are you you bored of me? Bored of you? I, and you know, he was going to be like, I love you, dog, you know, but he can't say that yet. He doesn't feel right about it. He's like, I just want to protect you. Uh, back to doing whatever she, you know, she, Gilly yeah. was expecting it fully there too. Yeah. Nope. You know, like, or it was kind of like a sexual question though. At, kind of at the same time, it was kind of like a, do you love me? But also, what do you picture at night, Sam? You know, like, he's like a hundred guys, one woman, like, uh, the, you you don't know what's going through like going through their heads, and she's like, "Oh, they have so much else to worry about." And Sam's like, "It's <laughs> you the really don't one know thing that they're thinking about." I can promise you. And she's like, she's like "Oh, is that are, right?" Yeah, she's like, "What are you thinking about then, huh? What do you go to sleep thinking about?" Um, so I don't know she kind of maybe wanted a a di- two answers she was expecting, and she got none really. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah, there's clearly a. Uh... I mean, they're basically already a married couple without any of the things that come with being married beyond having a child together. Um, I already named the kid after him. Um, when did that happen, by the way? And whenever they got back, it was in front of Amon, I think, 
Um, gotcha. And oh, she just uh, decided his name was Sam in that moment. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's like, right. What's the name for the baby? And he looked at her like, ah, well, I don't think. And she's like, his it's name Sam. is his name is Sam. And it, yeah, so I think that's sweet. That's that sweet. I forgot. Happen, about right? I didn't just see it in a clip. No, or no, no, no. That's that's a thing. That's a thing that happened. You're right. Um, for some reason, I remembered it being like, like a moment, moment, but. I think it was just kind of dropped in there, and Sam was kind of like, "Oh, oh mm. shit, <laughs> dope." Uh, I think it happened. That that yeah, I, I, I might have seen it on Twitter because they just that uh, it hasn't happened yet in the rewatch, and I just so happened to see. No, it. Uh, she she but, says she says his name is Sam at Molestown. Um, oh, but it's right. it's that's just right. kind of sprinkled in there. She's like, "What's the baby's name?" It's Sam. Mm-hmm. That's you true. know, and and I'm like, well, I know that wasn't it. It already had to have happened, you know, like that. That was my thing as I was like it because that was the first time I recalled hearing it. So maybe I just kind of tuned out for the part earlier. But I'm sure it's Sam. Yeah, because Sam's like, um, no, I, I promise you it's not what it looks like, you know, like I or like whatever. I, you know, he was worried that he was that Amy was going to be like, you know, are you the father of this child? Yeah, I think I think it was during that moment. Yeah, it was. It was. I think you're right. Uh but regardless, uh, he's trying to keep Gilly safe, and uh, he he wants her to, you know, cook, clean, whatever, uh, that she won't be touched, etc. Um, I can find her other work. No, you won't. You will not find her other. She's like, I can give you a cut. You could be the pimp in this situation. And he's like, no, I won't. That's not something I'm going to do. I love this woman, and I prefer her body not be defiled by other brothers of the Night's Watch, uh, which I know is your primary clientele. I get that, like, her responsibilities are just to look after the babies and, like, you know, and and do just whatever. But, like, she's in, like, the same building that all of these Night's Watchmen come to. To, like, indulge and, like, actually do the thing that they're not supposed to do, you know? Right. Uh, it was just a I – get, I get what he's doing, you know? Yeah, I I, it, it's, it's, like, a, it's a combination of things. He doesn't want to set her up so far away that he can't come visit her true. routinely. Um, but he doesn't want to put her in a place you – know, like, it's – it truly is the best place for her at this moment, I guess. Yeah, Castle Black. Like I was thinking, like at Castle Black, she really is the only woman there. Yeah. And like that's probably just a matter of time. You know, like it's surprising that it hadn't happened already while she's been there. So that I mean, I right. don't know, maybe that isn't actually the safest place. I was thinking like, yeah, no, just stay in Castle Black and be I, I feel like most of the good Castle Black guys are left because they didn't uh you know, I feel like most of the really bad ones did the mutiny and stayed out at Craster's Keep. Sure. Uh, I mean, that they're is- not obviously. There's a lot of shitty dudes all over the place. Yeah, they know. open whenever the it's like the first shot, and they're like, "Yep, raper, raper, thief, yeah. thief, and raper." Yeah, Ra- like they were just going down the line. So, yeah. like you just saw really how like even at Castle Black, it's like it's kind of falling apart. Like everyone's yeah. like all their thing that they stood for, like it, it's it's gone. You know, they're. Um, just a hundred men now, you know, I guess, which is, Ooh. that's scary. Yeah. But, but, uh, having received word of the wildlings raids down South, the Lord commander states that they do not have the manpower to afford venturing away from the wall. Uh, the acting Lord commander and, uh, uh, what's his fuck. Um, yeah. But, what is his name? Yeah. Um, fuck Alistair, Alistair Thorne. Uh, yeah. 
Thorn, yeah, Thorn. That could Thorn in my eye. I'll remember him yeah, that Thorn way. in my side. Right. Uh, but they're interrupted during this conversation when horns blow, and uh, it signals riders returning, and they're interrupted as Ed and Gren return. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, Ed and Gren are alive. I didn't mm-hmm. forgot yeah, I, they weren't here. Yeah, yeah. I guess that. Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> that didn't hit me. They're like. Yeah, I kind of forgot they were there, but glad to see him back, though. Yeah, no, it just kind of speaks to how much is going on in this show. You know, like, you're like, oh, yeah, these guys. Fuck yeah. All right. Glad they're cool. Like, how uh, many different tiers of characters there are? There's, like, yeah. the Daenerys, the John, the... I mean, well, John, like, I don't know if he's quite reached that level yet um, of, like, absolute main character. You think? I mean, he's, he's kind I'd of... I'd say, if you're going to Castle Black... And you're going north of the wall. He's a main character, you know, like he's the one story. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's without a doubt. But I was wondering if, like, at at this moment, do you put him at the same level as like Daenerys, uh, Jamie, and Cersei, Tyrion, and everyone going on? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. This maybe barely a step down. But uh, like of the Starks, I'd say Sansa is like the most. Prevalent main ish character. Arya would probably be the second, and then John. Right? Well, yeah, I don't know. John's John might have done. I don't know. That that is interesting. But uh, anyway, uh, I, needless to say, is that like Ed and Grin were like actual supporting roles, like that you would say normally in a, in a show that like this is like just a small little supporting role for this character. Like this is like. I don't know. As yeah, as kind a, of a, true, a truly yeah. supporting role, you know, because like Jora and Davos are supporting roles. That's true. Yeah, that's Ed true. and Gren are supporting supportive or, roles. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're supporting the support. Yeah, yeah. and they do yeah. a good job. I love Ed and Gren, but uh, they've escaped Craster's Keep where they were prisoners. And John reveals he's like, ah, shit, they're still there, huh? And he's like, yeah. He's like, all right, well, I got to tell you guys something. I told the wildlings we had a thousand men, which is why they haven't attacked yet. If they get to Craster's Keep uh, and they find out that we only have about a hundred, they're we're fucked. They're going to attack then. I I bought us some time. And I like that, like, through this, you can tell that everyone's kind of like, well, yeah, that was the right thing to do. Like, he put them off, kept them away for a longer period of time, tried to to buy them time. And even Alistair Thorne can't be mad at this revelation, which he always tries to find something bad about what Mm -hmm. John does. Usually there's like, some so, callback or some something, yeah. you know, to challenge John, but they're like, well, this guy's just an undoubted, like, he's just the leader, you know? He is, like, he's just that guy. Yeah. Um, everyone listens to him whenever they talk. And I don't know, he even, like, kind of, I think, did it happen earlier? I, I, I was trying to think, like, he actually is, like, you, Jon Snow, you were, you know, whatever. What What do you think about this situation? Yeah, you, Jon Snow, champion of the people. Yeah. Like, even went to him. You know, he's, like, kind of in, like, a snarky way, but at the same but time. But like, he was, like, he's a valid He's a valid guy to yeah. ask. He had to ask him in a way that was, like, demeaning. Yeah. But he had to ask him. He's, like, you are the one who spent the time with the wildlings. You know what we should do. Like, what do you think? Uh, and he's like, yeah, we definitely shouldn't do that. He's like, aha, exactly what I thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but so. man, Ed and Grin talking about, like, the horror stories of what's going on at Craster's Keep, though. Like, they yeah. like they were, like, the the daughters, like, 
never did they think that they would miss their father. Like, and, like, already, like, holy shit. And then, like, they were, like, slaves or, like, in chains themselves there. Yeah. Because they weren't part, you know, like, like, oh, my God. I think you, you warned me about that guy, too. The guy who took over for Craster. Yeah, Rast um, and Carl. Yeah, I think, uh, and I didn't, I didn't quite get why. Yeah, well, but he, he killed. The guy who used to make fun of Sam. And be like, uh, you piggy, oink, mm. oink, blah, 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 we're going to eat you, blah, 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 you know, like uh, he used to really fuck with him. Uh, and he also is the one who's stuck in right. in Gior's back. That's um, right. That's what I like thought it ended at. I thought it ended there. I'm like, oh, they no. killed they, uh, Lord Commander Mormon. I'm like, yeah, it's over. That's, you know, they suck. This raid, the party they put together to go to Craster's Keep, that scene when they get there is one of my favorite Night's Watch scenes ever. Fucking oh, love that. I can't believe uh, I, I, Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I can remember. We get one of the, we get one of the, like, there's so many cool sword fights throughout this show that you kind of like, there are some that are naturally going to fall to the wayside. And the, the one that happens there is one of them where you're like, oh, when you watch it, you'll go, oh, that was fucking cool. You know, like, it's, it's gnarly. But, uh, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready for like, yeah, we got to go up there and kill them. Or else Mance will get to them first. So let's do it. Uh, but that concludes the story at the wall. And then we head to Marine. Uh, where in Slaver's Bay, we see Daenerys Targaryen marching on the city as she begins her siege. And she is faced with a champion's duel where a riding knight of Marine challenges her to choose a champion that will fight for her. Grey Worm volunteers. No, you are the leader of the Unsullied. Jorah volunteers. No, you are my trusted guide and best friend. I cannot have that happen. Barristan volunteers. No, you are Queen's Guard. And Darian Harris is like, well, then it seems there is one obvious choice. And I appreciate that they felt the need to work through all of these logical points for mm-hmm. us. Um, it was clear. Who, yeah, who one of the clear. one of those screenwriting moments where I'm like, maybe D and D don't really got it like that, you know? No, maybe it was actually Daenerys. She wanted, she knew it was Dario already, but she mm-hmm. didn't make Jorah feel instantly jealous by by going like, "All right, all right, Dario, get out here, kill this guy." Because you know, if she oh. went instantly to him, it would kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's she needed the excuse to actually mm-hmm. go. With Dario. And she also needed Dario to volunteer for it. You know? That's, yeah, true. He had to, I mean, obviously, she knew that. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, he steps up and she's like, oh, yes. Yes, this is the choice. Let's do this shit. She's then, like, yep, go kill him for me real quick. That guy, like, pulls out his dick and, like, pisses. And he's like, uh, what do you, what is he doing? Uh, Barristan's like, oh, I think he oh. means to. Oh. <laughs> starts pissing. Yeah. Uh. uh. He mounts his horse, starts charging. Daenerys is like, uh, you sure you don't want a horse? And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. He's like, uh, she's like, well, horses are faster than men. He goes, horses are dumber than men. And she's like, hey, all right. And they watch as this man just, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then like, I'll back up a little more. Maybe the horse is getting really close and like, you're not doing anything. Like, I love the, the tension that was building the whole time. He like turns around, like, this is literally nothing to Dario. He turns around, looks at her, winks, and he's like, yeah, I got this shit. Pulls out his knife, gives it a kiss, throws it straight through the horse's eye, which falls. And then he cleanly cuts this dude's head off, I assume. Mm -hmm. Takes his dick out and pisses. 
at everyone there. I mean, I guess if there's anyone to give Oberyn a run for their money for like the character, it might be Dario. But Dario's pretty cold. Um, I the whole time I was watching this scene, I was I was wondering how would the other Dario do this? Um, because I, I feel like this Dario is a little a little more dirty. Not in a bad way, but like he 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 doesn't mind if it's a little messy, you know. Like right. this, this killing, you know, like it had to happen this way. It's just how it had, you know, whatever. But I felt like the other Dario, the previous actor, um, I felt like he would have done this cleaner somehow. I don't right. know, um, but I was trying to picture like Dennis Dequois that he would have brought yeah. to this kill. That would have uh, been. Uh, he probably would have just thrown the dagger straight through the guy's eye, and then like rode the horse off or like petted you know the calm yeah. horse and then he would, like, he would have protected the horse by any was, means necessary like like uh or like walked it back to daenerys being like here like another new horse, horse my your army yeah like like uh i don't know like i didn't need a horse but but i have one now i don't need yeah, something with me or you know something like yeah. that but but no this this was was still clean um that's for sure like I, in game of thrones this was was a pretty throne scene here yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't get more thrones than this and i mean i was when i got here i was like okay well this is this is my favorite scene of the episode i had to just go back i had to go back and be like wait did anything beat this and then as i'm watching i'm like no nah. i was like man this this is just too good you know cuz i mean it's it's kind of the whole package you get the the badass combat and everything out of thrones but the part that i actually liked more was like the the back and forth of daenerys and like speaking to marine like just the whole yeah. like city standing there and like them no, feel you know at first that they, they feeling like they had total control of the situation they're there to watch like entertainment for them before like were they just planning on fighting her no matter what because like they had like or was this just like a entertainment show that they do, and then they were going to like take her in and actually talk? Or was this no? Like, they, uh, I they, think they were hoping that Daenerys had enough honor that if her champion goes down, that she'd leave, that she'd skip the city. Um, mm, okay, yeah, I guess no one Daenerys like she, I guess me. I just know she's not taking no for an answer. So like I just yeah. I, like, so like, this was it was a pointless gesture on Marine's uh, part. Uh, nothing nothing would have gone their way. But man, when she turns it on him and is just like, you know, I'm not I'm not here for whatever. I'm here just to give you guys a choice. Like when she just starts speaking to the slave. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah, no, that's uh, oh, Amelia Clark is the performance of the oh, episode. Um, yeah. With with ease when she uh, when she begins presenting, as it were, you know, uh, I went to Astapor. Those who were in chains are now behind me. Free. I went to Yunkai. Those who were slaves are now behind me. Free. And then the face she makes when she goes and now I'm in Marine. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I was like, okay, this is, that was easy. I was, it was that single choice when she, when she said that. And not to mention, she's saying it in Valyrian, which is a made up language. Made up language. Uh, not even real. Yeah. What the fuck? That's, that's yeah. incredible. When, you know, I was, she, cause she's cocky as fuck here. You know, like she's like, I, this is the first time we've seen her truly like, we've known she's been like, oh, you can't fuck with me, you know? And she's kept that to herself, though. 
like internally she's been like oh these motherfuckers don't know what they're about to get into you know oh they're treating me like this they don't know what it is they'll see though they'll see mm-hmm. now she's like and now i'm here yeah that's what you true. think's gonna happen now that's true i guess I, I was thinking like maybe they disrespected her a little too hard this time but like She's been disrespected equally as much everywhere she's been. Like, yeah. this this wasn't really too much for her to handle. This is really just her being like... This is another, just another right. par for the course. She's just kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to do it to y'all then. Yeah, this uh, is like her, her, like, Michael Jordan, I'm back. Well, know? and it was very, it, it was all very showy, too, you know? Like, there was a different energy sure. here. Whenever she presented the the cannon fire, and it was barrels full of broken chains it's like yeah yeah she's letting them know like this is what's about to happen y'all can do it let's do this uh and when one of the one of the enslaved peoples picks up the broken chains and is like okay hell yeah Uh, and then we cut to black i was like oh that's about to be hard that's about to be hard i can't wait for that fucking scene man it's a yeah, I, I was thinking about going with uh, Charles Dance for the performance because I was like spreading the love because I, I knew this was already getting my scene. Uh, but but I I think it, it she has to get the sweep here for a performance because this that was kind of nuts. Mentioned like she realizing cold. that that was Valerian, like that wasn't English, that wasn't even Spanish. You know, not a, not an actual known language where inflection and like you can I don't know like. You, she has to make it seem cocky, like in a made-up language. Like I don't know. That's it's her facial acting, man. She's incredible, and like from the get-go, there was kind of this. Uh, I think Amelia Clark is just a a wonderful actress and also a wonderful-looking woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when she when she like ar- arrived to the city riding her horse. And it's kind of this upward angle where she's high above everything. It's like they are cueing you in visually and everything to the idea that this woman is the queen. Like she is, she's the shit. Um, yeah, there's no question like about her rule. Like yeah, when it, she does the like squinty eyes and she, she contorts her eyebrows like that. And she's like, and now I'm in Marine. I'm like, okay, yep. She's, she's the shit. Uh, love me some Amelia Clark. And that puts her up to 10 performance nods mm. out of the now 33 choices that we've, uh, that we've had or 66 in total because mm. two of us. double it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can't, I, sorry, Charles dance. I loved your performance in, in this. It, it was, um, was, was great. Tom and, and with Pedro, mm. uh, but no, nah, yeah, this, this was kind of undeniable. For the episode, um, right here, astronomical, because because it is my favorite scene because of that reason. You know that that is a oh, yeah. large part of the reason that it that it is the favorite scene. So, y'all, no, she was she was cold as fuck in that. Oh in yeah, that part it was yeah. it was incredible. Uh, but I think that concludes the episode. It's kind of it. That is the ending there. Uh, yeah, what are we uh? What are we feeling? Uh, we got we got a rating to give, I believe. Methinks. Mm-hmm. I'd say enjoyment on first initial. I was like, well, this is this is probably a step down. I didn't. It wasn't quite up to the gravitas of it all. But it's it's a different kind of enjoyment for this episode. It's not. They didn't need 
Joffrey dying or mm. or anything. This is very slow checking in checking in with the characters. Um, yeah, and that can I guess only take it so far, you know. Um, but but everything that happened was was done very well, and it wasn't I don't know just a very nice check in with uh, and a very nice way to usher us into like this new reign, like into what's going to happen after Joffrey dies mm. across the. The Game of Thrones universe. Yeah, we're in brand new territory. Joffrey's been the king since season one. Yeah, yeah. This is we really needed a a, a breather, a time to be like, okay, wait, things things are gonna get a lot different here. Like we don't have that piece of shit on the throne anymore. Um, to really just sit with that, and uh, I don't know, because even in the last scene, like Daenerys, like. Usually we we see the action, or at least someone die, or like her dragons start some fire, or like mm. fights start to break out. But this, it's just building the tension that, and that's like yeah. what this episode is doing, like for the season. Um, and it's episode three, but it felt like a like it's almost beginning a new season, like a finale, right. like like we said, like at, felt like the after the penultimate episode. Uh, so I don't know. I think. I'm not necessarily up to like the nine seven five or you know. That no, I, I don't even know that I'm quite at a nine. You know, yeah. I thought it was a good it was a goodie. Um, but there are certain things in this episode that I I unquestionably do not like. It's also true. Yeah. You know, like mm. very rarely do I have things during the episode where I go, ah, that was a bad choice. I actively dislike that. That doesn't happen a lot, you know. And so when it does happen, I've got to reflect that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my floor, like there was enough to kind of make up for it other places in the episode, I think, but not enough that it shouldn't get a little ding for it just because it just felt so out of character at this point in the time, at, at this point in time, you know, for Jamie, um, I felt Cersei's response was as you would expect it to be. Um, yeah, that's like, it's going to get a dink on enjoyment and critically for yeah. that one decision. Like, in it, I mean, it should, that, uh, that's yeah, it's, it's a bad choice. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What's the lowest we've ever given any episode? Enjoyment wise, I gotta guess it was an eight. There's a seven. Episode three of season one gave a seven. Yeah, just a little boring. Um, that's probably the lowest. Yeah, it's definitely the lowest. I think the next lowest after that is an eight. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, episode four, Garden of Bones, season two. That's the one where uh, Joffrey forces the ladies to torture each other. Ah. Uh, similar footing for me. Um, eight, eight, two, five, maybe just a little bump above it because there was enough in the other other stuff of the episode that was pretty cool. You know, I, I did, I did enjoy. I, like I said, loved Oberyn scenes, loved, uh, loved Amelia Clark scene. Um, the stuff at the wall is building to a point where you're like, okay, we're getting there now, you know, and it's, it's exciting on a rewatch to know where we're heading. Mm. So I I think an eight, two, five might be where I end up coming down on this one. I like that. No, I can, I can agree. I think we might have a, an eight, two, five in there somewhere. Uh, no, may, I don't think we do. I think this is the first eight, two, five. Hey, so, but no, I think it kind of makes sense. Like it's, it did have a lot else to it, but man, yeah, that one, that one scene just, if, if it didn't have that at all, if, if that, that scene was, was different, 
Yeah. Yeah. This, this is it, it, this is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, not not missing exactly. a whole lot, but, but yeah, I like eight two five. Yeah. No. And uh, critically, you know, I don't think it stands out visually in any particular capacity. I thought it was a good looking episode, but mm-hmm. uh, kind of par for the course for what Game of Thrones looks like. It's not like it's a standout, which we do have standouts, you know. So like hard to hard to say that it's as good as those um a pretty blatant mischaracterization in my opinion at some point throughout this episode which makes me makes me give it an even bigger mm-hmm. um it was on the whole the story of it was written pretty well um but even so like that part where Daenerys works through her four most trusted advisors and is yeah. like, well, here's why I'm not picking you. Here's why I'm not picking you. Here's why I'm not picking you. Um, Could have been that's a not, that's, that's not sound screenwriting, you know, <laughs> like it's a, uh, it's fine. It gets the job done. I get what they're doing, but you don't need to justify shit like that to I us. I feel like even if that's written in the book, it's not actually Daenerys saying that. It's like in just internal. Like, yeah, it's like the internal. Like obviously, I can't go with him. If they all step but, up at the yeah. same time, if they're all like, "I'll do it," oh. look at Dario and go, "It's going to be Dario. He's the obvious choice. You do this. You do this. You do this. He's good. Go ahead." You know, we don't need to take yeah. two and a half to three minutes to go. Oh well, my queen, I will <laughs> gladly step forth. No. My queen. Mm. How about me? Nope. And here's why. You know, I I just thought that like this was one of those ones where D and D really showed their chops. You know, they they really showed their potential. Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. This might. Uh, I didn't think this coming into it. Uh, might be amongst the worst episodes critically. <laughs> I was gonna say like I I was thinking around like a seven. And we haven't given anything a seven yet. Uh, the lowest critically, yeah, it's uh, eight. Bones. Is it? Oh yeah, wow. So, I, I, maybe it's even. I don't know. Is it? Le- is it lower than a seven? Can you really give a throne? I mean, like, I don't think I can. You know, I don't. I, and I don't know that I'd go that seven yeah, something I mean... maybe. Or are you eight something? I don't know. I think seven's probably fair. You know, I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it was standout in any particular way. I thought it was solid. It got the job done. And again, seven is good. It's not like it's, you know, for Thrones, it's not good. But seven out of 10 is 70%, which on typical scales is still good. Um, this got on IMDb. Um, wonder how. 8.7. Wow. I guess for for the rest of the season, that's in the high nines, right? Like, or is it yeah. nine? Like, I half got... the season is a 9.6 or higher or something like that. Yeah, so I guess that is a, quite the dip for this this season. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm, like, around a 7 or 7.25 is, like, where I'm, I'm at. But I'm, I, I was comfortable. I, my gut was 7. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I don't mind that. So, that brings it out to a 7.42 on average, even with Which the... Which I gotta think makes it the worst episode of this show so far. 
Yes. By our scale. Seven, six, seven would be maybe the closest, which was Garden of Bones. Tied with Lord's Snow. Mm hmm. And that was, um, I guess, even, uh, I was going to say it was with the, the genre rating in there, but Lord Snow was given an eight for the genre. So it's basically the same actual rating yeah, system that right. we have. It's actually the legit score. Weighted. Um, and then what was the other one? And almost the same for Garden of Bones, just opposite. It'd be like the weight would be flipped the opposite direction where enjoyment was more, um, gotcha. a factor. So I guess not quite there, but, um, if we do a seven, three, three would be where, um, Garden of Bones would be. So Garden of Bones would technically still be the, the crown champ of But still, like, uh, I think it's fair, you know, there there are misses, you know, and that's the thing is that when you get accustomed to a show quite as good as this, whenever they do things that aren't as good, there's there's no doubt about it. You 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 see it and you go, ah, that's a bad choice, you know, like uh, you've been so fucking good about this and all of a sudden you weren't. And that stands out. Uh, mm hmm. And, and, and again, that shows just how much like a couple things can affect episode, you know, like because. It was literally one scene that ruined enjoyment in, in any capacity, and it was one and a half scenes that affected it critically, you know? And that's that's yeah. enough to make it go, ah, oh, well, this episode isn't as perfect as every other episode. As far as, like, rewatch enjoyment, this really, this one decision really dwindled my rewatch, you know? Yeah. Like, ability. Like, I don't know, I was really rooting for Jamie this this watch and I'm, i was really interested in this story um and then now it's just kind of like ah well all right some out some, you know but, but yeah i think it's low for this for thrones i mean it's still seven four two almost you know almost a 75 uh, percent so yeah it's a, this was just a it, it, it was solid episode and that's all i can yeah. i don't know really say but Oh, no Hodor's. No uh, I didn't Hodor. realize. Yeah, it, and that's probably why it sucked, really. Yeah, um, no Hodor's, and Arya didn't kill anyone. So no no addition to the kill list, no Shame. no Hodor's, but a 7-4-2 at the end. Which... Damn shame. Mm -hmm. But with that, I think we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including something new up there today. I can't remember what it was. I, I tend to schedule things out. Let me check that for you real quick. But uh, I know that we've had, uh, ah, today was the ideal small council. Aha. Uh -huh. yeah, <laughs> I, I scheduled an episode one. last week where if you're, a, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, we went through... Uh, what we would use to make our favorite or ideal small council a king or queen hand of the king master of war master of laws master of uh whisperers uh, master of ships lord commander of the king's guard lord commander of the city watch a grand maester and we took that from anywhere in fiction we made our own we we did a Star Wars specific one, which was very fun. It was it was a fun episode. It's a behemoth over there. You'll you'll have plenty of time to chip away at that. Um, you know, last last week we began early access for Patreon. Uh, if you're if you're into comic book movies, Catwoman 
was published last Friday and it won't be out for another two weeks uh, on the on the regular show here. Um, and then this Friday, we'll be sure to deliver you Blade Trinity, which is going to be fun. I wrote an article last week about the magnificence of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm very excited for Dial of Destiny, and I wanted to write a little bit, so I wrote a little bit about uh, Raiders. So we got a lot of Patreon stuff, a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, at When July rolls around, I'm actually going to publish my first uh, little work of fiction that I've been working on uh, over there. and. I believe I, I recently added tiers where the $1 tier or $1.50 tier, it's called the 150 pennies tier because penny bloom, you get it. Um, it's uh, It gets you all the written reviews for that first bottom tier, uh, but that will not include fictional works and it will not include any future audio content we give out. It does have access to all the audio content that came out prior to 2023, which is a lot. There's a lot of audio content over there from before 2023, but if you want any future audio content and fictional works and everything you get on the bottom tier, bump it up to $3 a month where you can support this podcast financially, which is a huge help because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. And like I said, I I worked on a short story. It's called him and her, and it's going to be up on July 1st, it's going to be the first thing of the new pay period kind of hoping to usher, usher in some folks and keep them registered that way. I'm very excited about it. Excited for y'all to read it. Um, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. So it was a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And when it comes to war, I fight for Dorn. When it comes to love, I don't choose sides.